Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. So we have some of the most interesting, unique, and amazing meditations, I think, in the world. I mean, we have past life regression meditations, guided hypnosis meditations, Akashic Record meditations, as well as healing meditations. Our meditations are pretty cool. And they're not just about stillness of mind and peace and sit there, hmm. I mean, we have those too, don't get me wrong, but these are about meditations that are going to shift and change and you're gonna walk out of there feeling lighter, freer, healed, and even getting guidance and insight. So come down, experience one of our meditations. They're pretty badass. Hi there, welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we have one of our very own practitioners, Justin, with us, and he is a healer, and he's also a tarot and oracle reader, and on top of all of that, he is just a magical loving being. And we're gonna talk today about radical self-acceptance. I mean, he said self-acceptance, Rebecca said we should call it radical self-acceptance, so, you know, we're going with it. Hi, Justin, welcome. Hello, thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. It's Do you wanna tell real everybody honor. a little, <laughs> let's, let's share a little bit about you. Okay. Um... A little bit about me. Yes. Uh, okay. No, no. Yeah, I mean, I think people know about me already, so it's time for you. And this yeah. is your podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, well, uh, I'm originally from Jamaica in the Caribbean, and I grew up between the United States and Jamaica, so I'm kind of Jamaican. Huh. Um, I didn't know that about you. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I am Jamaican. Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, and... Uh, I sort of found myself, I guess, in this magical cosmic world that we live in um, from a very young age, I suppose. We mm -hmm. all have this, we're all born into the world of magic and um, hocus pocus and goodness. Well, I mean, isn't the world magic, right? Uh, I, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we're floating around on this uh, globe and random space and we're held together by uh, an invisible force called gravity. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and orbiting an atomic bomb, uh, nevertheless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything is, is truly like wild and magical. Um, and yeah, so I, I, from a very early age, I just sort of felt kind of called to all things esoteric and magical and, um, it sort of led me in a very circuitous way to where I am today, um, where now I read tarot and oracle and do energy work and um, channel and write and do all sorts of other creative things. Um, it's been a real process, uh, a process of discovery. I think my very first foray into it was I got a book called Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft, ah. which was really fascinating for me. And through that book, I started to read um, a lot of different things that were sort of coming through uh, the Golden Dawn, which was, uh, you know, the, uh, the, um, the group that existed in Great Britain 
around the turn of the century. Uh, and then through my mom and being a teenager and going through all the things a teenager goes through at 16, my mom gave me Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. So. What amazing mom. Yeah, mom is amazing. Dad is amazing. And I was very lucky because those two events kind of really transformed my life. I was really able to kind of dive into um, uh, this type of work from mm -hmm. an early age. I, I always, I, I remember I used to watch cartoons and I was always fascinated with the magical people in the cartoons, mm -hmm. like the ones who had special powers. And yeah. I also kind of felt like um, uh, a real affinity to the underdog or even the like the antagonist. Okay. Um, and I always, I remember being very young, like maybe five years old and we were, we were living in Tyler, Texas and I was watching a cartoon and there was like an evil witch in the cartoon, but I really liked the evil witch. <laughs> I was like, why does she always get the short end of the stick? <laughs> so um, I just, I don't know that, I think that was perhaps um, one of the, the beginnings of radical self-acceptance and um, seeing the magical forces within us and in uh, the magical forces and the light within what is perceived as dark, right? Exactly. You know, here you are at five looking at, you know, the evil witch and being like, well, they should be accepted too. And, Absolutely. you know, like, yeah. Now, did you ever go through some struggle with accepting yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's still something that, you know, it's it's unfolding. I feel like as long as we're incarnate and until we become fully enlightened, then self-acceptance is a reoccurring theme. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what I have found is that it's sort of been central to my own life. And recently, um, the reason I chose it is because recently I just, I, I've, I found another layer of that onion for myself, which was, um, you know, coming to this place where I would encounter the parts of myself that let's say I would want to improve. Okay. You know, uh, and I'll say improve in quotation marks because we're all divinely perfect. Yeah. Um, but something I was working on. And in the past, there was always this sort of awareness that um, this part of me is going to change or mm -hmm. I'm going to work on this part of myself and it's going to transform. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to love myself now, but this is going to change and it's going to be like this in the future. And yeah. Um, I think that I sort of came to this point and maybe this was, you know, the divine magic of age. Um, but I realized that there were things that won't change. Um, you know, uh, I had family members pass away and that I wouldn't be able to sort of reverse that. Mm -hmm. Um, I got older mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be able to necessarily at this point reverse that. <laughs> I'm very optimistic about this. Um, <laughs> I like how you're, you're not saying that's for certain. You're like, not necessarily, yeah, you know, yeah. there's still hope. Yeah, we've got to keep all the doors open, right? Um, well, there might be some time machines uh, invented. You, you never know. We have really amazing technology that's going on <laughs> on all levels. Um, but it it brought me to this place of, of kind of coming up against something that, you know, 
pretty much felt like, okay, this is this has occurred and there isn't there isn't another place beyond it. That's something that mm-hmm. has happened and um I am where I am at this point in my life and I won't ever be able to let's say have my childhood again or have this period of time back or that period of time yeah. back. Um and I started to have this experience because I had a, a, a some you know pretty intense struggles with you know being myself having a being authentic in a situation and not getting super in my head about what I was saying or how I was moving a kind of sort of hyper vigilance yeah um and I became very aware of when I was in those moments and wanting to be more authentic and wanting to be just off the cuff and funny and uh, easy to be around all the time and like always having words of love and I would realize that I had all kinds of stuff going on inside of me positive and negative and I was so afraid at times to really just be myself or yeah. to like say what came to mind um and I was always always watching um and then I came to this point where that sort of way of observing myself became automatic mm-hmm. that it sort of became who I was and I was like oh I want to change that and you know what you resist persists yeah. so the more I'd resisted as the stronger it would get and then in this journey of self acceptance I started to go oh okay I'm so tired and so exhausted from this constant sort of peering at myself and wanting to be in control of it yeah realizing that there is there is this point where you know I'm not in control at all mm-hmm. and the brilliance is to um see myself in that moment and just go oh that's okay that's okay i was um listening to um uh oh what's her name mm. do 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 <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I was listening, listening to, to somebody. I was listening to another podcast okay. and two people were talking and they were talking about um self-acceptance. Um and uh I believe the wording was, you know, to 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 be able to find mercy for yourself. Okay. Uh and I recognized that um because they were it was around the passing of someone um and I remember when my aunt passed away and and when someone dies you have all of these things come up and 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 um I uh, you know emotionality is so intense at that time. Yeah. Um and synchronicities all sorts of really wild things start occurring when someone you know someone is going to pass. Uh and it's this kind of wild acceptance of the imperfectness of of who they are and the imperfectness of what happens when people are coping with death. Yeah. Um and about finding mercy for oneself in in that circumstance really resonated with me because and that it it boils over into every aspect of life. It's like I'm having a negative thought. Okay. I'm having a negative thought. Yeah. This is okay. And I can choose how I notice myself in that moment and and how it used to be was like I was going to fix it and then I realized okay the more I try to fix it is the 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 less I can 
And then I would sort of tolerate myself and I'd be like, I would have these feelings or thoughts stuff come up again, or I'd be in a social situation and I'd be super in my head and really anxious. And I just sort of, you know, be biding my time. Yeah. And then I got to this point where I just started to observe myself and to go, oh, you know what? I love you anyway. It's okay. I'm going to be okay with the fact that I'm not okay with this. And that... I'm going to be okay that I'm not okay. That's, yeah. that's, you know, people, that's one of the hardest things to get to. It's not even just about accepting, not accepting. It's about getting to that space of admitting that when things aren't okay, they can be okay. Yeah. You know? It was, it's, I found that to be really liberating um, because... I felt that I could be fully human then, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it sounds maybe a bit kind of cheesy, but <laughs> that's what it was for me. It was this moment of going, oh, you know what? I'm allowed to just be human and imperfect and the way that I am. And, and I, it re- although I sort of understood this in a, you know, maybe in a textbook way mm-hmm. that as someone who loves themselves is able to accept what occurs for them and who they are and what's happening in their life, even if it's something that they want to change. And um, especially at this time in, in, you know, with what's happening in our world socially and politically, uh, there's so much conflict that occurs. And watching it on the outside, I feel like it brings up a lot of internal stuff. Yeah. Because it's very clear to me that, that, you know, all of our outward conflicts start from the conflicts that we have with ourselves of course and people don't realize some people realize that they get that you know when they're having you know an off day or a bad day and they realize that they were more combative or they had the situation or they can say oh because i was off i had this sequence of negativity happen or vice versa because i felt positive i had this thread of good luck happen right but it's it's interesting that that whole dynamic of you know of that level of a deeper acceptance. It's almost like that that quote that or that saying that has been around forever is you know wherever you go there you are mm-hmm. right because there's so much when we're when we're not accepting of ourselves we feel that we need to be into the next version of ourselves mm-hmm. or that something needs to be fixed or corrected or released from ourselves in order to be you know exactly but it's all part of the journey it's like the groundhog's day right you know you change it you know for those who haven't seen it groundhog's day butterfly effect these movies maybe too old for some people maybe just right for some but These are movies that one little thing, it's the day repeats over and over again, and you change one little thing. Mm -hmm. Hit the snooze one extra time, walk left instead of right on the sidewalk, and all of a sudden the sequence of events of what is experienced is forever different. Yes. Right? And then so it's like, how do we say like, okay, this is my experience now, Mm -hmm. right? This is me now. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I can be different. You know, there might be some things I want to work on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, are you mad at yourself if you picked up a new hobby like playing the guitar and you'd, you're you not the best player immediately? Or would mm-hmm. you give yourself loving grace that you're going to go through steps of learning mm-hmm. 
Right. And and through that process, soon you will know that learning the the different chords then allow you to learn different songs and then allow you to soon be able to play and make up your own songs, right? Exactly. But there's a process that people have when they're learning something new that they give themselves love and grace. Mm-hmm. But we're always learning newness about ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and so like, how do you give yourself loving grace of like, okay, you might not be the best communicator. You might not be the best at this, or you might not know how to be that great in a relationship, or you might not know how to, whatever. But how do you like say, well, this is where I'm at. Yeah. You know? You know what? I also, and I, it's sort of occurring to me now that this is, this can pull on a little Brene Brown. Um, that part of that self-acceptance, part of going, I'm not okay and it's okay, is that willingness to experience a sense of shame around something mm-hmm. um, and to be vulnerable, vulnerable with myself, but also like sometimes to, you know, there comes a point where in order to, to grow, to soften, to embrace is to be vulnerable around other people. Yeah. Um, and that idea, we have, I think, such, you know, each person kind of develops their own idea of what is wrong and right. Mm-hmm. And then um, whether or not something is positive or negative. Um, and even if, even if we, like, for example, for myself, I, I, I would like to think that my conceptual understanding is that all events and and things are neutral mm-hmm. in in their intrinsic form. Yeah. But it's it's really how we apply meaning to them that determines whether or not they're positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, for those that are listening, if you've ever like just go back in your life and and say see that situation or circumstance that when you were going through it, it was the worst thing that could have ever happened. A nice one is like a past lover that years and years ago that you break up with or they break up with you, whatever the case is, you're heartbroken. But then as the months turn to maybe years or whatever, then you meet somebody new and then you're like, oh, thank God that happened. Or that taught me so much about myself or I grew as a result of that whole situation. But it's not long before you look back and you see what was once a negative becoming a positive, right? Absolutely. And if, if something can be both negative and positive to, you know, beat a dead horse like what you're saying, yeah. then how could it be intrinsically one or the other? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I think that that's the, you know, that that's, that's sort of the, the crux or the beginning of, of the situation. And then as something occurs... There is the sort of perspective, positioning, the way we've sort of been constructed emotionally, psychically to encounter what happens. And so something comes up and I'm judging myself. And there is that moment where if I'm not necessarily going to change it, fix it, and I'm having the feeling of like being wrong or Mm -hmm. not being good enough or anything that's sort of negative, that being able to actually be in that uncomfortable space and go, I'm in and feel it and be like, oh, self-acceptance is here. It's Mm -hmm. at this like point where I feel like an emotional crisis and I go, good, that's okay. Yeah. This is it. Like, here it is. This is the juicy part, the part that makes your hair stand on end, that makes you want to scream, cry, run, flip backwards, any of the, throw something, whatever it is, you know, like, 
And that moment when whatever it is that comes up and then you can sort of, you catch it and you go, ah, I can let this be okay that it occurred in me. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to act it out. And, so, yeah. you know, I wouldn't suggest that at all <laughs> unless it's something that's really positive and beneficial outwards. Um, but that you, you have those moments and in those moments, catching them and holding them and being like, ah, this is okay. I can, this is, it's okay for me to be this, for me to experience this, for this to pass through me. Yeah. And because at, at some level, you know, when you're looking at, you know, there's there's so much on this wrong and right, bad and good. But really, if we take it to that that neutrality point, like you were saying, you know, it's uh, we have the spectrum of emotions. We have these intensities of experiences. We have these because on some level they're they're to teach us something for us to learn for us to understand you know mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we need to continue to repeat them over and over and over again exactly. you know like you know okay you can learn that the stove is hot once you don't need to keep on putting your hand on it right exactly you know but there is some valuable lesson about teaching you the precautionary uh aspect of when there's a hot flame Mm-hmm. Right. That when you learn then you might get a little bit of a burn or even a blister mm-hmm. from it on the first time. But that in the the intensity of it and the more intense that it is, the more impact it sometimes has on somebody on yes. that deeper level. And so you can take it and say, OK, instead of being like, oh, man, I'm so stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm so wrong. I can't believe I stuck my hand on the flame. Yeah. You can say, OK, I learned. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's an oversimplistic, I don't think many adults are doing that, but I mean, as a kid, you know, yeah. and it's like, I learned that that's hot and I'm not going to do that anymore. And anything that looks like a flame, I'm not going to go and put my hand near. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And then if you have that for the rest of your life, you learned a valuable survival t- uh, aspect. Absolutely. That you're going to stay away from on a close proximity or proximity to fire. Yes, exactly. Right? And um, <laughs> I mean, that's oversimplified, but you get one point. I'm sure totally. everybody gets that. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, another way that I like to think of it, too, um, which is kind of similar to that, is we all have shadow aspects of ourselves. So mm-hmm. those things that we could say, all right, you know, these thoughts, these actions aren't beneficial um, and they occur within us. Mm-hmm. And um, when they occur within us, how do we respond to them? So when I have a negative thought or I have the impulse to do something negative that occurs in me, how do I be with that? How do I love myself in that moment when I know that this thought and this action that I might want to do isn't going to benefit me or it's not going to benefit another person? Yeah. How am I going to sort of hold myself in a place where I'm... I'm not judging myself, but I'm also not acting out yeah. in a way that would then create more of that negative experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the feeling and the thought and the, you know. Yeah. And I, f- I found that it was about that, that sort of acceptance that, you know, at, at, the, at the most sort of basic level of all existence, these thoughts, feelings, energies that come up are really just energies. They're neutral. And then we apply meaning to them. But the meaning is based on, you know, we derive the meaning from the results 
the circumstances that arise from them and whether those results and circumstances are taking us in the direction that we would like to go or what we would see like to manifest or experience yeah. physically, emotionally, mentally, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so that allows us to develop our sense of morality. Yeah. Um, but when we know that something is arising that isn't beneficial, how can, how in that moment can I hold myself still in love, mm. allow myself to be this, this yin and yang, this yeah. dichotomy of things that are beneficial and not beneficial, but hold them and hold them in grace and hold them in love. And I've, I've, I think that that, that self-acceptance, the better I get it, at it for myself, that sense of compassion yeah. for where I'm struggling, then when I go out into the world, I actually don't, I, what starts to happen is I stop seeing my opinion of myself hmm. and I stop seeing my opinion of other people and I just start to see what it is that's passing through me or gotcha. what it is that's passing through another person and having more of a detached understanding of like, ah, oh, that's what it means to be human. And then if my, you know, if my fingers aren't in the cake or if I'm not standing in the bog and sinking in it, mm -hmm. then I can respond as opposed to react. Yeah. And that I find is really helpful. Um, I like that distinct distinction, respond instead of react. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, because, you know, let's say, um, you know, um, something that comes up for you is, is like a bog. It's sticky and, and goopy. And if you get into it, you're going to sink and you'll be stuck in it. And our tendency is, let's say, I don't know, let's choose something really simple like, um, I don't want to have sugar, mm -hmm. you know, because sugar is n not the best thing for my body. Mm -hmm. um, and we can say that that may be a universal truth for many people, that yeah. sugar is not something I want to have a lot of. It's going to create inflammation and blah, blah, blah. But I go to the cafe and I see <laughs> a cookie and it's like made with high fructose corn syrup. So we're going for the worst type of sugar we could possibly have. And I want it. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm bad because I want the sugar. And then I buy it because I'm, I'm in that process. It's like the, 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 I've gone no, I'm bad for wanting the sugar. And then the sugar says, oh, you know, that part of me goes, you resist it. And so it goes, oh, but you really do want it. You know how good it's going to taste. And it, it's coming at you. And then the more you resist it is the bigger it gets. And so maybe you resist and you have willpower for the first 10 times. But then on the 11th time, you go in and you buy the cookie. And you eat the cookie. And then you're feeling bad as you're eating the cookie. And then that, you get caught in that cycle. Yeah. And in that cycle, you're really just kind of reacting reacting to this part of the this idea of bad yeah this idea of of like i shouldn't be this way it's not good for me blah 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 blah. um instead of going oh there it is again the desire for sugar and i could i could have it i could not have it and it and it's just an idea mm -hmm. it's just a sensation that occurs in my body it's just a craving it's just this thing that's occurring and if i am able to to notice it mm -hmm. then i've sort of taken the first step i'm like ah there it is and i'm not i'm not identifying with it 
Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying I am my sugar craving. Yeah. I'm noticing that it's occurring. <laughs> my sugar craving. <laughs> yeah. I'm allowing it to be that thing that's occurring in me. Oh, yeah, I'm having a sugar craving. I would really like to have that cookie. And I might choose to have that cookie or I might choose not to have that cookie. But, but even when you choose to have it from that space, you're powerfully have... D- taking it where that isn't you it's not defining you so then there's no guilt or or that animosity that further creates this snowball exactly or to take it even a step further like i might be having guilt and animosity but i'm still able to kind of look at it and go oh i am having guilt and animosity Hmm. i'm experiencing all of these layers all that complexity of being human and wanting something that I, on one level you know may not be good for you or something that you just don't want to participate in in that moment. Yeah. And you want to be able to have, you know, to make that choice easily for yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's, it's the more sort of, you know, detached um, in a positive way that you, which, and, and, and it comes from, the the sort of detaching from the stickiness, like um, Pema Chodron talks about um, shepna when you're meditating, the stickiness of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to think of it as like um, if we think about uh, you know human experience as kind of having a polarity. At one end you have aversion, mm-hmm. and at another end you have um, craving. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, where you are and that sort of spectrum kind of shifts back and forth. Um, and aversion is where you're running from something. You're just no, 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 and you're closing the doors and you're hiding. It's the horror movie. Yeah. And then craving is where you are like, you know, you're at the cookie <laughs> jar and you just can't stop and you just go, go. It's the addiction side, you know? Yeah. Um, and the way I like to think of them is that, you know, they're really just one version of an energy or, or let's say a, a, a way that I could look at it is like there's this me, another me that's sitting at the table across from me. Yeah. And when I go one way, it's aversion, it's the fearful me that's running away. And when I go completely the other way, it's craving and it's the addicted me. And in my mind, I've made them into monsters. Yeah. So that when these, these monsters are with me, I'm resisting them. I have judgments about them. But when I can invite them to sit to the table and look at them in all of their, and I'm going to put this in quotation marks, ugliness, and just know that that ugliness is part of the of the experience of being human. It's one of the things that we experience in humanity. It's part of the, it's just part of the deal, Yeah. you know? Um, just like feeling good is part of the deal and being able to have positive experiences are part of the deal. Um, and if I can have them to tea <laughs> and not run away or like consume, yeah. then, you know, we can just be in the room together and it can just be okay that we exist in relationship to one another. That other part of me then isn't something I'm resisting it can become this part of me that 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 allows me to actually have compassion for myself but for other people too yeah because you're accepting which gets back onto our topic of 
the radical self-acceptance. You know, you're accepting these different aspects and parts of yourself. Yes. And if you accept that in yourself, then you're going to accept that in another. Exactly. And, you know, what irritates us most about other individuals and other people's behaviors is often is a mirror that is reflecting back of some aspect of ourselves that we haven't had a healing or acceptance of, yes. you know, and it can be the energy around or it can literally be the same behavior, mm -hmm. right? You know, uh, but whatever that is, when examined, there's something to be looked at. And so you can always tell, like, how much do you accept yourself? How much uh, forgiveness and forbearance do you, like, allow for others, yes. right? You know? Yeah. And if you have a short fuse and a short, you know, allowance stick for other people's behaviors, actions, and reactions, then you probably need to work on yourself a little bit. Yeah. And no, that's not to say that you can, can't decide that you don't want to be around something or you'd rather not engage with something. Yeah. But whether like, does that make you like, you know, violently angry? Do you like, are you getting disgusted? Are you getting super annoyed? Like, what is that? Because you can powerfully choose to just disengage and walk away and say, well, that's their behavior. I don't have to put up with it. I don't have to interact yeah. with that individual. I don't have to be privy to that conversation. Exactly. But that's that's when you're when you do an act in that way you're still accepting them you're saying okay that's what they're doing that's what they're going through i'm accepting i'm just choosing to not yeah. allow that to be part of my reality exactly but if you're having such a thing where you're up at night and you're so annoyed because of somebody's behavior action reaction or that and you know and people have all been there at certain times where it's like you can't get something out of the head and why would somebody behave that way or why yeah. would they be that well what about that are you if you look at that behavior and what is that about that you're not accepting you yeah exactly you know? i think life is always offering us feedback and mm -hmm. um, like you're saying it's always mirroring and there are those moments where we can choose to activate a boundary. Like this is an energy or a behavior that I, I know is really toxic or negative for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna choose to step out of this circumstance. And, and that, that I think is like a healthy exercising of, of one's boundaries and knowing how to look after oneself. Yeah. Um, and then there is the feedback that you get from that, which is, do I find myself in circumstances where this boundary is violated often. Mm. And then if that is a pattern that I notice, like, ah, oh, this is a boundary that gets violated often for me. It keeps coming up again. What is it telling me about yeah. m what's going on inside of me? What is it reflecting back to me? Um, and I think that happens on the personal level. And I also think it happens on a collective level. Oh, of course. So when we look at bigger issues that affect you know all of us and then the ones that affect us as individuals and we we're, we're always getting that feedback and I think what's hard about what can be hard about feedback is that you know sometimes we think we've dealt with something or sometimes I know certainly for myself ah, I thought I was this person or I thought I had dealt with that and surprise, surprise. It's coming back it's up. It's coming right back up. <laughs> one of the things that actually helped me to deal with that is somebody said, think of life not as a line that's linear, mm -hmm. a timeline that's linear, but think of life as a spiral. And that it, 
it goes around and as let's say you know at this point on your spiral you were dealing with heartache so you're going around and you're going up a little bit and then you come up here and you're like I thought I dealt with this and you're 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 dealing with that little little line of heartache again and you're like I but I did all the work and I did everything and why am I here again and there it is again yeah and then you go around again and you're doing the work and no no heartache no heartache oh heartache again and you're like what is going on and I, I think that you know until you have that sort of like full enlightenment let's just say or, which, which I don't think you would be alive if you had that because, well, you know, there's always something to learn, right? Exactly. Those are those, the next layer of evolution, the next layer of, of evolving. And that's why any like saint master teacher that's in the physical incarnate is still having their own situations that they're going through because otherwise they won't be in the physical anymore. Exactly. So like, you know, people have this worship idol idolization for people that are of a certain statute or whatnot, but it, then they, they get, might make it to know them a little bit and then they're like, oh, wow, they're human. Yeah. You know, they might yeah. have a lot more of a perspective. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, college professors still might be learning more and doing more schooling and postdoctorate work, right? You yes. know, there's always more that they can be learning too. Exactly. And that nobody has everything. I mean, they're high. I mean, because every day it's different. Yeah. New organisms are being born, different things are changing and shifting. You know, the, every element that existed or will exist is, is being altered at every moment. Yes. So how could we possibly know everything? Exactly. And the moment that we do, then we're 10 steps behind because there's 10 more things of evolution oh, yeah. that have already occurred. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's this brilliant, continuous complexity and yet this wonderful simplicity that sort of underlies it all. And I think that that, you know, flows back to that point of like, you know, as, as our growth and development and compassion grows, then when we spiral, mm -hmm. whether up or down, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think you're always spiraling up. up. You just yeah. might feel like your 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 analogy of rehitting that same point again, but you can never be. You know, I had an ex that once said uh, they were leaving for out of town, and that it was like our like ending or whatever. But it was it was like this weird thing, but it was such always stuck into me where you can never stand in the same river twice. You know, exactly. like meaning no matter what the experience, we're going to always be different at that point. So even if we meet face to face again, it's never the same river twice. Right. And so exactly. it's never the same emotional experience. Exactly. And and so, you know, even even at that, if you're spinning around and you think you're dealing with that same heartache mm -hmm. again, you can't possibly deal with the same heartache again because you're not the same person again. Exactly. Right? Like even when you go and see the same movie or read the same book mm -hmm. a second time, a third time, 10 years later, it's different. Yes. It's physically could it literally be the same, but your experience of it is different because you're different. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the perceptions, the emotional experience all of that stuff like you said changes and even if let's say 
where I think I am or where another person ex thinks they are or feels like they're experiencing. Like, let's say you're having a dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. So it feels very like, you know, I, I've looked at things and it does sort of feel like things aren't going well, <laughs> you know, and I'm having that time experience that in that moment you can know that you're not the same, even if you're tempted to tell yourself this, that the story, mm -hmm. you know, and that, 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 that moment is the golden moment, because this is the point in time where maybe when you're feeling your lowest, when you have the most stuff around a feeling or around an issue, then that's the point where you get to, to just let go and slip into grace mm. and go, I can just be here and let myself be this person be this experience that's passing through like this can be okay whatever this is i don't even have to define it i can just have the experience of what it feels like mm -hmm. and let my mind run off in every direction it wants to go and be i can just be like you know what i'm gonna be okay with this i'm gonna just watch it and be like yep this is human this mm -hmm. is this is me in this moment the next moment will be different and then the moment after that will be different and it will continue to unfold and it doesn't make me any worse or better than anyone else and the fact that i want to compare myself to all of those things that run around I me mean, because i know what it's like in my mind so i can i would imagine it's just as crazy in everyone else's mind <laughs> You well, know. especially as a as a as a healer and intuitive, and uh, you know, being that that you know, coach and intuitive and and healing and being and holding that energy for people, you know that everybody else's mind gets crazy too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's. I think it's. I don't know. I've just found that that's really helpful, and for me to to kind of come to terms with with that stuff that's going on and. I think part of what pushed me into it too was, you know, the time of life that I was in and wanting to grow and all of the personal stuff, but also looking on the outside and seeing a lot of suffering in the world mm -hmm. and, and knowing that, you know, um, how to asking myself, like, how do I, how do I, how do I, how can I, do something positive in the world where yeah. where can that start and one of the things that i recognize that it doesn't it doesn't preclude me taking action in the in the world mm -hmm. but it it sort of showed me that one of one of the most important things maybe you know or at least perhaps in a very personal way the most important thing is to love myself yeah to accept myself because if I can do that, then I can go out into the world and I can offer that. Yeah. I love that. Ah, this was a good conversation today. Yes. <laughs> Justin, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find me right here at Liberate Hollywood. <laughs> um, and um, you can find me at Within the Within on Instagram. Nice. Um, uh, yeah. So either of those two places. And if you had to leave, I know that you're you're just uh, 
beautiful last sentence that you said before was kind of like a nice closing. But if you had to leave somebody with, or everybody that's listening, with one bit of wisdom, what would it be? Oh, um, wow. <laughs> I, I, Don't worry, it doesn't have to like, you know, part the clouds, but no, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the, the, the one that I love the most, the first person that said it to me was my older brother. Um, was basically saying, you know, um, a wise person knows that they know nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that life is like that in a way as we move through an experience and we, we, you know, learn something about it or gain a sense of mastery or get good at, good at something or learn something, there's always something more, something unfolding. Like you said, life is constantly reinventing and renewing and changing and spiraling and doing magical things, you know? Um, and I think that that's also another part of, of self-acceptance and is to, to recognize that, you know, our knowing is so limited. Our mm. wisdom is always extending itself um, and having that openness um, and, and willingness to learn more and always have more to learn. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you, everybody. Till next time. If you enjoyed this conversation, like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want some more amazing resources on your path of liberation, head over to liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Liberate Hollywood, all one word, or Liberate Emporium, all one word. Until next time, liberate yourself. If you're thinking that you want to take that action step, why wait? Book your session right now. Go to liberateyourself.com. Click on either Liberate Hollywood or Liberate Emporium. See our amazing practitioners and who resonates most with you. And then book a session via Skype, phone, or in person. We're here for you, and it's your time to start creating your life.